Hello everybody, welcome back to Discussing Doodles. The podcast where we talk about an animated movie from a different animation studio each week. Before we begin, we just want to say that some spoilers will be ahead. So if you've yet to see this movie and don't want it spoiled, stop listening now. Final disclaimer, when we get excited, we tend to swear. Although we talk about family movies, this isn't a family podcast. You You have have been been warned. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Sounds was... like we're on the phone to each other. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to Discussing Doodles. My name is Mark. My name is Luke. And we discuss dudes. dudes. <laughs> and dudes and sometimes. Dudes, dudes that make do doodles. Do, yeah. Do, dudes what? that voice doodles. Yeah. And dudes that put music to doodles. Yeah. And dudettes, too. Dudettes. I want to die. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible. Horrible. That was the worst intro we've ever done. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, everybody. Welcome back. It's um, Don Bluth week. Yeah, And we're talking about a movie that Don Bluth didn't do. <laughs> Only on Discussing Doodles. Yeah. Um, but it's connected. It's connected. There it's are the connections. It's sequel of a Don Bluth movie. Yep. Um... It's made by Steven Spielberg. Essentially, it's yes. a, it's a it's the it's officially the first Amblimation movie mm. because it was Steven Spielberg doing it on his own mm. without Don Bluth. Um, without Donnie. <laughs> without the absolute Donnie that is Bluth. Donnie that is Bluth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, enjoy. So this is. Five All Goes West. It is, American Tale 2. Mm. Um, and it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix, yeah. Very easily accessible. And I was reading, actually, I mean, I don't know many others on Netflix, to be fair, but it's listed as one of the best Western, Wild West Netflix films. Oh, there you go. So it's got a little little bit of legacy. Yeah, that's good. That's one for legacy, yeah. yeah. Um, what did you think of it? Um, it was pure sequel, yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, it was kind of just mindless fun. Didn't add anything to... The characters. The characters, or... the lore, the story, the legend. I will argue anything. there's one character that has a bit of extra development, but we'll get to that when we get to characters. Okay. But yeah, pure sequel rubbish. Yeah. But harmless fun all at the same time, so I can't be mad at it. No. I'm not like, oh, it's a terrible sequel. It's... it's not the best sequel I've ever watched in my life. But it's not... Not the worst. It's not awful. It's fun. And I imagine... I feel like I've never seen it before. And I thought I had. Yeah, same. But none of it really rang a bell. No. Um, but I think I wouldn't have hated it as a kid. I think I would have enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. As a kid, I would have absolutely yeah. loved it. Because so, it was like the characters from An American Tale plus a little bit of Wild Cowboy. West and Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I got a little Back to the Future 3 vibe from it. Yeah, there definitely <laughs> like was. in a weird way. What came out first? Back. Yeah. Yeah. Just though, I would say. Interesting. Must have been the era for trying to bring back Wild West films. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, the very, very early 90s. So, my genres I talk about... Okay, go on. I think this might be our first ever... It says 1991 American animated comedy western film. I don't think we've ever had a, a western. western. I wonder if we will ever again. There's got to be a cowboy. 
Home on the Range. Home on the Range. <laughs> that could be in about 15 years we'll get there. I oh think. my God, don't. I said Woody... <laughs> Toy Story's not a Western film. <laughs> Just Woody. Woody's oh. Roundup is a Western. But... That's true. I want to be a cowboy, baby. Have you ever seen that line? <laughs> no. no. Okay, that reference. I want to be a cowboy, baby. If anybody's no... Not a cowboy, baby. <laughs> I want to be a cowboy baby If anybody knows my reference Please let me know Yeah Just me Tweet, tweet us on Vine Tweet us on Vine <laughs> No just Vine us On Twitter Stop You're melting my brain Let alone theirs um, So Shall I talk about the story Yeah Do you know what I don't actually have a lot About the behind the scenes Okay So I'm just going to talk about The story Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So for those who don't know We are reunited With the Mousekowitz family which is who we left mm-hmm. in American Tale. And um, Fife will get separated from his family again. Due to his own Due to being stupidity. a little shit again. He's mm. a terrible child. He is. He's terrible. Um, and he meets Sheriff Wiley Burp, who is a dog, mm-hmm. who is a sheriff. He's got the sheriff badge and everything. And he burps. And he burps. Hence, mm. Sheriff Burp Wiley. No. Wiley Burp. Wiley Burp. <laughs> and they teach Tiger the cat how to be a dog. That's the plot. Um, to stop the cats from killing all the mice. True. Yeah. But there was also a weird scene where Tiger became a god. Mm. Which is very Ice Age 2 reminiscent. Yeah, with Sid's, like, yeah. It was definitely Sid's little... I don't know if Ice Age was inspired by this, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Um, but then I think it is a common trope. I mean, it happens to Captain, Captain Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow, yeah. Like, I think it is just a trope. I'm not saying American Tale invented <laughs> making a character a It happens boss. to C-3PO, doesn't it? With the yes, yeah, it does. Like... So I think it is just a trope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's actually the plot line. Um, so it's as... It's as... Weird as it sounds, isn't it? Yeah. Don Bluth was asked what he thought of the sequel. Yeah. And he said he thought parts of it were good, but the story was just a little loose. Right. A little unconnected. Apparently Steven Spielberg has now sort of said since that he doesn't like it that much. Okay. And he says it's entertainment with no characters. Okay. And I can kind of agree with that because like we were sort of saying the character's... We, we, we don't get any further in this sequel. No. We don't get further along from where we left them. It's kind of the same story again. Five goes missing. Yeah. There's a cat. They just changed the location from yeah. New York to the Wild West. Yeah. Five goes yeah. missing, evil cat. Five has to stop them with his other cat friend. Yeah. That's the plot line to both. Yeah. And his sister sings a song. And it just wasn't as good as the first one. It wasn't one. as good as Misfire in that regard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the only behind the scenes thing I really got was that it was put into production in 1988. And came out in 1991. But the release date got moved around a lot. It was originally supposed to be 1990. Then 1991. Then 1992. And then it got brought back to 1991. Got released on the exact same day. Yeah. As Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. That's rough. That is... For an animated film. That is a film, death sentence. An animated film to be released the same time as Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Just give up. I'd never animate again. they weren't <laughs> playing no, with Beauty and the Beast. No, they weren't. I'd literally never animate again. I think I'd be so scarred. I'd just stop. I know we say this every time one of them comes up in conversation, but Beauty and the Beast is one of those, I think about it now, I struggle to think of a single category we talk about that it wouldn't get 10 for. Oh my God, I know. Do you know what I mean? It's an unstoppable film. Terrific. 
Um, and this clearly will not get 10 for everything. American Tale 2, how unstoppable is it for you? Um, there were, like Don Bluth, there were parts of it that I liked. Um, I enjoyed uh, Tanya's story. Okay. So she, to me, was the character who got a bit more. I suppose, right. She got her own little plot line where she wanted to be a singer... Mm-hmm. And she ended up sort of becoming the main entertainment for the cats when they moved to this new western town. Yep. Um, and all of that stuff. So I enjoyed her little story. But Feifel is so annoying. <laughs> he was in the first one, though. And he just kind of brings the film down for me by being yeah. such a little prick. And you know what? They were also missing. What? The pigeon. Oh, yeah. Is he a pigeon? I don't know what he was. But he was a French bird of Yeah, we sex. love a French yeah. bird. French bird of sex. <laughs> yeah, meaning like he was like... Great. Yeah. Yeah, we love a French bird. Christopher Plummer. Oh, um, Henri, Henri de P- Pigeon. Henri. And you called him Henry the Pigeon. Henry the Pigeon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's like, what this film lacks. That's what this film lacks. I guess... Um, what's he called? I just said him. Christopher Plummer. Plummer. I didn't want to do a sequel. No. He doesn't strike me as a sequel man. He's no. like a Meryl Streep. <laughs> doesn't do sequels unless it's Mamma Mia. Or um, Sound of Music 2. I was so confused about why Meryl was in Sound of Music 2. I'm talking about Christopher Plummer. And then Plummer. I realised what you meant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so, um, story. I'm going to give this... Oh. Go on. I know you feel mean. For... Point five. Okay, that is mean, actually. I was just going to go five. Nice little five. I was stuck between four and five, and then I realised we can do point five. You can do point Talking of which... Sorry. We need to give a shout-out. Oh, yeah, we do. To Karen Todd. That's it. <laughs> for saying, tweeting us, point, point five. five. You're the only person that did it, so thank yes. you for listening to the and end. And also, thank you for bearing with, because we were meant to say that in the Cinderella podcast. <laughs> and we were so... In advance with our recordings that we kind of messed up giving the shout out. We didn't get your tweet until after we'd already recorded Tiki. Yeah. So really sorry. The shout out was late, but it's here. And thank you for tweeting. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. And um... And moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Characters. Characters. Um... Well, we've got your, the same from the last film. So we've got Feifel, Tiger, his mum and dad, his sister, Tanya. And that's about it. Oh, he also had his little friends in the last one. The one that called him Philly. Yeah. Um, Pfeiffer does refer to himself as Philly the Kid in this. Oh, he does. That's true. Which so is like a little nod. Like a nod reference. But yeah, the character's it gone. It was a lot of good... Tony. Tony. Yeah, he was like the Arthur Dodger. <laughs> yeah, or, like, yeah, like New York's version. Yeah. yeah. He... Yeah, Philly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I missed him. Yeah. I missed him and the Henry. Yeah, him. I missed them too. Yeah. Uh, I suppose they replaced Henry probably with Burpee Wiley Old Burp. Wiley Burp, yeah. Burpee Old Wiley Burp. <laughs> Burpee Old Wiley Burp. And um, we have um, a love interest for Tiger called Miss Kitty. Yeah. She which was, was a nice sort of Apparently voiced by Steven Spielberg's ex-wife. Was it, Was he her ex-wife at the time? Yeah. Was he her ex-wife at the time? <laughs> I knew what you meant. Yes, she was his ex-wife at the Interesting. time. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and only freshly as well, I think. Oh, yeah. Bitter. Um, she was a great character, I felt, actually. Yeah. I liked how she was animated she was good. as well. Mm. Um, and then we had the villain, Cat, Catar Wall. Catar Wall? 
Qatar rule. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. John Cleese did the voice. John Cleese. And he turned down... He turned down the role of Cogsworth. Did he really for yeah, this? Yeah, for this. Oh, John. But if you think about it at the time, right, Disney's only six really successful release in right. the last 20 years had, had just been Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, yeah. And that could have been a freak accident. Yeah. Right? But Don Bluth films were successful were at well. this time. Right. So he's thinking American Tale was successful. Beauty and yeah. the Beast could be... No, who knows? Right. It could be another True. Black Cauldron. So he's yeah. he's gone with what he thinks is a to sure be fair, fire okay, bet. I can see the logic. I can see the logic as but well. But it backfired, Johnny oh, boy. Big time. I mean, I love the way that Cogsworth ended up. Yeah, me too. Completely. But, yeah. John Cleese has gone on to... This was his uh, voice acting debut. Was it really? And he's gone on to voice quite a, a fair few animated yeah, characters I mean, now. Shrek. Shrek's he's the one that springs Shrek. to mind. He's in... So he's the king in Shrek, isn't he? Yeah. He's in the Swan Princess movies. Oh, is he really? Yeah. He is the voice of the gorilla in George of the Jungle. Oh, yeah. I That's a voice acting that is job, isn't acting, it? Yeah. I don't think of that. Yeah. That's so true. So, you know. Yeah. He's, he's good at it as well. He is, actually. Oh, he played the character um, very well. And he has a little henchman called Chula, who was oh, yeah, um, the John Lovitz. Yes, we love John Lovitz. We do. Both of whom were in <laughs> Rat, Rat Race. Race. Me and Mark's favourite film of all time. That we what about the other day? Still... How did we do it? We were at a museum and we saw Lindbergh. Oh yeah, and they talk about Lindbergh, yeah. yeah. We, we, we managed to fit Rat Race into every, not even just every podcast, every conversation. Every conversation. We are Rat Race obsessed. Mm. Should we watch it Should tonight? Should we watch it tonight? I was just going to say that. <laughs> we need to. I feel like it's been a while, but it's literally only probably been a couple months, but it's been a while. That's a while for us. That is a while. Um, oh my God, I can't believe we got Rat Race into an American tale too. Uh, no, John Cleese and John Lovitz. Oh, the Johns. The Johns. The Johns. Oh, they're so good in rat race. <laughs> so good. I can't stop thinking about rat race now. <laughs> this is about mice. This is about mice, not rats. Not rats. There actually isn't any rats in this film. There are no rats in oh, American no. Tale 2. <laughs> oh. Little... What are we giving the characters, then? <laughs> Let's get back. I'll Let's... give them a 6.5. Okay. Really liking your points today. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, um, I've got quite a croaky voice today, everybody. England were in a football competition recently. I mean, not when this podcast goes out. Yeah, but to me. But to Mark, they were. And they hurt my voice. Um, <laughs> my voice is fine because I hate football. <laughs> Didn't watch. Um, uh, the characters, what do I give them? I gave them a 6.5. I don't know. They're a nice bunch, but they're not special. <laughs> <laughs> and my favourites aren't in it. Yeah, Henri. Henry the Pigeon. Henry the Pigeon and Philly. Not- <laughs> Henry the Pigeon is just like the really shitty British version. He's probably voiced by fucking Ricky Gervais or something. <laughs> Henry the Pigeon. Hello, um, I'm Henry the Pigeon. Let's just go for <laughs> a six. Sixy Wixy. Sixy Wixy. Animation. Hit me with your rhythm stick. When this movie opened... To Feifel's dream sequence of the Old West with oh Wiley Burp. Yeah. I was like, fuck, this looks great. It did, didn't it? That opening sequence, the way it panned, and it was all proper animation as was... well. It was awesome. And it was all downhill from there. No. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, there were moments where you could see, wow, they've really taken their time on that. And actually, 
there's some really great animation in this movie yeah. that I really appreciated. Yeah. There's also some just really rushed bits that feel rushed. And just the quality of the first movie, although it's not perfect, it's really there's a Don Bluth movies have a real charm to them. Yeah. He brings with him this extra sort of flair and this kind of I don't know how to describe it, but when he's touched it, you know. Yeah. And this one didn't have that, and you know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For sure. Um, so talking about the animation, there are some fun bits of information here. So um, Tanya, the character, the, the mouse, she actually had a redesign. She looks really? different in this to how she does. I thought she movie. did, you know, yeah. like a little bit. Um, which is interesting. I don't really know why they, they did that. No. Um, but what's interesting is that Steven Spielberg did uh, initially approach Don Bluth to animate this movie. Um, obviously, they started animation in 1988. They hadn't finished in The Land Before Time yet. So they were right. still working together on The Land Before Time. Um, Don Bluth's studio was in Ireland at this time. So Spielberg sent his henchman, um, a lady by the name of Kathleen Kennedy, uh-huh. um, over to go and persuade Don Bluth to do American Tale 2. They offered them a budget of $9 million dollars. Wow. Which is tiny for oh, an animated film of this. Is it? Yeah. My brain in numbers, I hear um, nine million. <laughs> well, like, wow, to us that's crazy. that's huge. But like I I guess like if you look at the budget of like, what I would don't a big know, Disney movie budget If you look at the budget be. of Frozen, you're probably looking at like two hundred million. Oh that's insane. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like brain probably even that. bigger than that. I probably like underestimated. No, yeah. My brain can't comprehend um, that money. But uh, so it was a <laughs> it was a low budget. It was the same budget that they did on American Tale 1. We've got to adjust for inflation with these things, right? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. So it's worth less money six or seven years later. Yes, okay. Um, so they basically said, look, if you can give us the budget we've got on Land Before Time, we'll do it. And they said no, so they went and found a different animation studio in London to do it. Um, it ended up costing... Twice as much as the Land Before Time did. Whoa! So they ended up having to overspend, because, essentially, they had a team in charge that weren't as experienced as Don Bluth and his team, mm. so they went over budget. So what they should have done really is offered that extra little bit of budget to Don Bluth, and they would have saved themselves all that extra money. True. But they didn't. Um, so I just found that like kind of interesting. Um, there, is, this is the only official Amblimation movie, so not including the Don Bluth ones that were done previously, like The Land Before Time and American Tale 1, to use the xerography animation, so like the old the old style uh, photocopied sketches to make the make the ink cells. Um, right. So that, that process that we've talked about, or I've talked about many times on Discussing Doodles, and I won't bore you with it all again. Um, <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, again. I, I reckon I've talked about it about six or seven times now. Let's get into that point. Keep doing it. Um, do you want me to? Go for it. Okay. This might be someone's first podcast. Yeah, it's true. It might be. So, originally, when cell animation was done, uh, the sketches would be done on paper so that the artist could get it right, so he can rub out his pencil sketches and, and things like that. So the animation would be done on paper, and then what you would have is the ink and paint department who their job was to take that rough animation and put it on a clear cell by tracing it with ink and colouring it in with paint. So you actually get like the colour. 
what happened in the 60s was Disney discovered that they could actually just essentially scan the sketches and print them out on the clear cell, which gave this gave the Disney movies in the 60s a really lovely effect where you can kind of see the sketch lines I love it. sometimes. Yeah. So like 101 Dimensions is a really good example of yeah, it. Jungle the Jungle well. Book's a great example. There is one moment where Colonel Harty, you actually see the construction lines yeah. underneath, which is just beautiful. Um, and that, they sort of refined it and stuff so that those sketchy bits became less and less. But that became the standard for animation. So that's what I'm talking about when I say the xerography animation. It's that idea of sort of scanning the sketches in and printing them out on the cell and then painting on that. So they still use traditional paint. It's still, you know, cell animation, traditional yes. animation. You're just skipping the inking process. Um, but it was the only one to do that because every single Amblimation movie after that was digitally coloured. Mm. Um, which the first movie to be digitally coloured was The Rescuers Down Under, which came out the year before this. So it was still new technology around that time. Right. So that's obviously why they didn't do it. Well, a little mouse season. Yeah. Wild West of... season and a mouse Wild... season. Yeah. I was going to say, Down Under's Wild West as well. It's not, it's Australian. It's Australian, mate. It's that's different. why it's called mate. Down Under. <laughs> You're going a bit Australian, mate. <laughs> that was Axe. It's Australian, mate. Stop. This is a knife. I can't do Australian accent. I can do it if I swear. Go on. G'day, mate, you fucking prick. <laughs> Stop. Um, uh. There are... Wow. <laughs> there are 230,000 cells in this movie. Um, and there was one single computer-generated shot. Is there? Which is a, an environment shot. It's a, uh, a floor um, at one point in the movie. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've got for animation. No. Oh, I've, I've got one more thing. Yeah, you do. And this is my, I think this one might, more. one more thing. This might be my favourite fact I've ever discovered in discussing doodles. History. History. In the song, Dream, Dream to Dreams Dream. Dreams to Dream. Dreams to Dream. Tanya is singing. And the artist has obviously made a mistake on this particular frame, this drawing. Um, and in frustration, he's he's drawn a penis, <laughs> sort of pointing towards Tanya's mouth. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> and then it's been somehow it somehow got into the movie. So for a split second, like forty six right? minutes and twenty seconds, for a single frame, you can see a little doodle of a penis on <laughs> in the movie, um, and. It, it got discovered when the VHS came out and they actually left it in for the first DVD release. I guess they didn't really have the technology to go in and take it out. Yeah, true. They, do. they have now. Though. They have now. So the Blu-ray and the version that is on Netflix, it isn't on there. But if you do YouTube, um, Five or Goes West, Dreams to Dreams, Penis, um, <laughs> you can find there's a 30 second video where they slow it down for you and zoom in so you can see the uh, the, the penis. Yeah, it's not the it. first time something like this has snuck into a movie. The Rescuers, um, the original Rescuers in the 70s, when they're flying through the streets oh, yeah. on the seagull's back, there's a naked lady in one of the windows. Yes. Um, there are others, I can't really think of them at the moment, but there, there are loads of like little moments that sort of things sneak into movies. There's a, there is a, a theory that when Simba 
throws himself on the ground oh, yeah. and all the stuff goes up in the sky that it says the word sex. I've but never I, seen it. I, I can just about see it, but it, you're really, really clutching at straws. It's reaching, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's really reach. reaching. Um, there's a penis on one of the front covers of Little Mermaid. Yes, on the, the VHS tower. cover of yeah. Little Mermaid, yeah. The tower of the castle. Yeah, so, they're, you know, animators like to have a bit of fun. They, are, mean... they are basically huge children. <laughs> Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah. They're being paid to be children. They're being paid to doodle and draw. Yeah. So they're going to throw the odd penis in there because that's what children draw. Yeah, it's true. Right? It's true. Um, discussing dudes. Discussing dudes, literally. Big old willies. This film was <laughs> was directed by Phil Nick... N- Nibblelink. 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 He sounds like a house elf. He was a former <laughs> Disney animator at the time, so they got him on board... Once Don Bluth said no. Right. Um, it's like a house elf. Nibbling. Nibbling. Yeah, it sounds Nibble. like a little like Dobby creature and nibbling, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Dobby creature and nibbling. What's the lady house elf called? I've forgotten my life. Winky. Winky. I've forgotten my Winky? life. Winky? That's fucking penis J.K. Rowling. <laughs> She's doing a fucking penis doodle and all, isn't yeah. she? I'm going to do a little house elf called Winky. Sorry, back to nibbling. <laughs> Phil Nibblink is a former Disney animator. I didn't look what films he was involved in, but I'm going to guess, judging by the time scale, he was involved Fox in... Fox and the Hound. Yeah, that would be Thank a good you. guess. Sword in the Stone. No. Damn. Aristocats. No. Black Cauldron. Yes. Yeah. And Basil. Potentially, yes. Thank those you. Those three would be my guesses. Right. Maybe Oliver and Company and Stretch. But those... <laughs> You see all the, what you No, Oliver and Company. No, <laughs> Oliver and no. Company. Oliver and Company. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Phil Um And then the other director was Simon Wells. Oh, yeah. Who was H.G. Wells's grandson. Oh, that's cool. He was brought on board to help with the story. Was born to help with the story. <laughs> brought on board. Oh, <laughs> well, he is the grandson of a fa- very famous writer, so he probably was, he was born, born to help, to help with the story. America's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> that that was his destiny. He only did four point five points worth of a job, so you know. Wow. Anyway, the animation. I wasn't blown away by it, but there were moments of charm that I enjoyed, yeah. and I love how much information I was able to find on this movie online. Yeah. As animation well. was the biggest thing. Yeah, I was actually really pleased with that. So. For that, I'm going to give it a seven. Me too. There you go. Music makes the world go round. It does a bit, doesn't it? Mm. Um, so this film was composed by James Horner somehow. We love James Horner. We do. They managed to get him back. I think he did do the first American Tale. I'm not sure. He definitely yeah, did Landfall Time. He did Time. Landfall Time. I'm pretty um, certain he did the first American Tale. He probably did. Um, as we have mentioned before, there is a song in it called Dreams to Dream, which I think is the biggest number of the film. Yeah. Uh, and it was nominated for a Golden Globe Award. Only nominated, don't think it won. Um, there are other songs. There's one called Way Out West and The Girl You Left Behind. But I honestly gunned my head. Could not, not remember. There was a you. small reprise right at the beginning of Somewhere Out There as well. Oh, there was. That was very sweet. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was Tanya wanting to be a singer, wasn't yes. it? Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, and all the tomatoes thrown at her. Yeah. That was good. Do you know what? The film started really strong. It did, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, it lost its way. It did, yeah. Yeah, really did. Um, my fun fact, not quite as naughty as your peen. <laughs> <laughs> not as naughty as your penis fact. <laughs> not my quite as naughty as your peen. Is that James Horner asked somebody called Celine Dion. They to were best buddies after sing all. Sing Dreams to Dream. 
Um, but she was quite unknown at this point. And the executives, the executives of American Tale 2 felt Celine Dion didn't have enough star power right. to sing their little song. Who did they get instead? Um, I don't know. Oh, well, there you go then. But James Horner later asked Celine if she wanted to work on a song for this little film he was working on called Titanic. Yeah. So I think she was a winner in the end. I think so too. Because who... I mean, my heart will go on. Dreams to dream. What's your fave? Dreams to dream. Fuck you. <laughs> um, their friendship is very well documented though, isn't it? Yes, I mean, he was good friends with her husband as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, one of my favourite facts is that he asked her to do Titanic and she said no because she didn't want to be known for doing a movie song. She was like, I don't want to be known for that. And then Sorry, babes. They said, just record it. And she did. She recorded it once and went home and hated it. And it's the recording we all have and the recording we all love. It probably is also one of... The best songs ever written. I don't know. Well, yeah. I was going to say just one of the, the best songs ever. Yeah. Probably is, isn't it? Yeah. It's my second favourite song in the world. Is it? Yeah. What's your first? Define Gravity from Wicked. Okay, I thought this was going to be a belief by Third. Um, but yeah, so the music, James Horner's good. He's always good. He's always good. Yeah. Um, but not the most memorable James Horner score of all time. No, to be, to be fair, he probably half-assed it. He probably did. I'm, I'm actually really surprised it was James Horner. Yeah. Doing this film. Um, and it makes me sad that he didn't do like Land for Time sequels. No, but the music in those is sick. I don't know who does them. True. true. We're good. a big fan, aren't we? Um, <laughs> Stop. Stop. You, made that, so you made that sound like a cowboy western. Yeah, it did. We are so sad. It's disgusting. Um, but yeah, the music, other than Dreams to Dream being quite a nice song, and that song can get stuck in your head. Yeah. Other than that, not much going for yeah. it. I literally cannot remember the other two songs for the life of me. It was one of those things, we say it a lot, where it never offended me, the music, and no. all of the score fit the scenes uh-huh. very well. There was nothing wrong with it. No. But it didn't stick with me, it didn't jump out. No, it just wasn't memorable at all, was it? Um... What are you looking at, Luke? James Horner, he did do the music in American Tale. Okay. I was just checking. Just checking. Just checking. Um, I think, based on the fact that it was good, but not special, I'm going to give it a 7. Oh. You're going lower than that. I was going to go like 5.5. You'd go 5.5. 5.5. Yeah, I think I'm just giving it a 7 because it's James Horner. And I, I think you like are. Him. You're giving brownie points to the name. Just to his name, yeah. Yeah. He's a good egg. He is. He was. Ma, bring the mood down. Well, he's dead, isn't he? Yeah, but you can still say, like, he is a good egg. Is it a helicopter crash him? A plane crash. Plane crash. <laughs> is it a helicopter crash him? <laughs> so many celebrities um, die and all these, like... I think he was pilot. Ah, oh, James. Yeah, I think he went up. He basically started conducting in the middle of a landing. No, stop. You can't. You can't. We're moving on before this podcast gets too dark. And Spotify take it down. Yeah, before we get... I'll say demonetise, we're not monetised anyway. Yeah, we should be. 
It's your fault. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll get um, around to it one day. One day, literally, when we're reviewing Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> right, legacy. Um, Does this film have any legs? Yeah, they say on Netflix, did you know, they reckon it's one of the most popular <laughs> Wild West I told you that. <laughs> yeah, they do. I don't know any others. Actually, there is a really good... I don't good, know any others. On Netflix, there is a really good... Um, Wild West film. Uh, on can we just hurry up and watch Rat Race? Oh my god, you can't <laughs> rush the podcast. <laughs> uh, you laugh. Um, no, um, no. There's a. You you're driving me insane. Insane in the membrane. <laughs> I can't find it. Oh, the ballad. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, I love Buster Scruggs. Are you kidding? Never seen it. I hate you. I've watched it. It's very good. I recommend. So I'm giving this a legacy point for being Netflix's favourite animated Western. No, Netflix's only animated Western. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving it a legacy point for having John Cleese yep. and John Lovitz, both yep. of whom star in the greatest movie of all time. Mum, our mum... Was mum, our mum was obsessed with James Stewart, who was Wiley. Yeah, I'm afraid you and me, I think, are too young to know who this James Stewart is. But if you like James, have a listen. I'm gonna give it another legacy point for getting two more sequels. Yep, and I'm gonna give it another legacy point for having a penis in it. I'll give it one more because it had a video game. Oh, that's sick, actually. It had a video game. Did it? Yeah. Also had a, the- a theatrical release. Yeah, that's true. That's not bad for an animated sequel. sequel. Yeah. So how many fucking points is that? Like oh, that's nine. Six. <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it five. I'm gonna give it right down middle of the road. I'll give it six. I'll be the nice one. All right. Good cop, bad cop. I was just gonna say. Do you want to do some maths? Yeah. Not particularly. Do you want to do it? Stop singing rat race, we'll get to it eventually. <laughs> You're like a child who lays really obvious hints. There's nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing but a slap in the face. <laughs> right, give me numbers. Uh, for story, you gave it a 5, I gave it a 4.5. Mm-hmm. For characters, you gave it a 6, I gave it a 6.5. For animation, we both gave it a 7. Uh-huh. For music, you gave it a 5.5, I gave it a big James Horn a 7. For Legacy, you gave it a 6. I gave it a 5. 59.5. 59.5. Okay. I reckon that's pretty fair. How does it, it match with the last two? Um, Kiki was 65.5 and Cinderella was 73. Okay. So they've got progressively worse. Worse, yeah. <laughs> um, but you just wait till next week, guys. Yeah, no, I think this is... How does it stack up against American Tale 1? American Tale got 69. Okay. So it's a whole 10, 10 points, points lower. Do you know what? I think's fair enough. I think so too. And then what was the other... So, Secret and Nim. 70. 70. And, and The Lamb for Time. Time got 80. And um, All Dogs Go to Heaven? All Dogs got 66. So it is the Forget worst one. how many one. seasons in we are. <laughs> so it is the worst one, but it is the worst one. And it's also the first one that Don Bluth wasn't involved in. Yeah, and it so shows. credit to you, Donny boy. Yeah, Donny the Don. Your film suck without you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not his film, is it? No. Um, 
you might have seen our tweet or our Instagram post where we have mentioned that the first five movies we're doing this season you can actually watch if you have Netflix and Disney Plus. They're yeah, really if easy you to have those, of. they're quite easily accessible, which is yeah. quite rare, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice for us. Yeah. Um, so, so the next one is a Disney Plus movie. It is. The next one is uh, Finding Nemo. Uh, which is a classic. Cannot um, wait. Can be found on Disney Plus, and if you want to catch up on Pocahontas, uh, no, Cinderella <laughs> whilst you're there. <laughs> I've, I've been watching Pocahontas so much recently. That's why. Um, if you want to catch up on Cinderella, Cinderella whilst you're there, she's there. She's, she's there on the too. Disney Plus too. And then Netflix has obviously got this Kiki's delivery and Kiki's service. delivery service, and our fifth movie this season, which is Shrek. Shrek. Can't wait. So that's like five easy to watch movies so watch along watch along and then listen to the poddy and see if you agree with everything we say yeah or if let us know if you've watched along as well i yeah. want to hear your opinions on the movies yeah for sure that'd be really cool see if you disagree with us yeah give us your ratings out of 10 for oh, the different yeah. for the for the uh categories yeah that'd be cool yeah yeah be involved um anyway thank you very much for listening uh, we're going to go and watch Rat Race now. Luke, in the meantime, before we watch Rat Race, where can we find you? Watching Rat Race. <laughs> um, you can find me at Lukey Reed, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Eric, what about you? You can find me at ActuallyMJR on Twitter, at ActuallyMJR underscore 2.0 on Instagram. Make sure to follow the show at Disc Doodles on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, check us out on Letterboxd where there are complete lists of all the movies in all the orders, in all the seasons and all the everything else's. Um, and it looks quite nice if you're visual like I am. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Bye, have a good time.